this is Janet McKean from Cairo, and you're listening to WGXC Acre 90.7 FM, hands-on radio. Tune in WGXC 90.7 FM on Thanksgiving Day, November 26th, for all sorts of radio traditions, including Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant, Rush Limbaugh's The True Story of Thanksgiving, Andy Griffith's What It Was Was Football, William S. Burroughs' Thanksgiving Prayer, and the W. KRP Turkey Drop. Plus, Sam Sebrin interviews Alice Brock, the Alice from Alice's Restaurant, at 7 p.m. Thanksgiving Day on the radio at WGXC 90.7 FM. Wave Farm programs are made possible in part by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Green County Legislature through the County Initiative Program administered by CREATE, the Alexander and Marjorie Hover Foundation, the Teabacker Fund, the Joseph Family Charitable Trust, and hundreds of other generous individual donors, including WGXE sustaining supporters who provide critical monthly support. Thank you. WGXE is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of the Rodney Shop in Catskill, New York. WGXE's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXE as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Green and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a sustaining supporter by going to wgxc.org donate and designating an amount of your choosing. Thank you for your support. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. <laughs> Welcome. This is Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. It sure is. Here we are every second and fourth Tuesday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m. And we just talk about movies. Two people, just just two rowdy kids who didn't go to film school talking about movies they love. Just two pals here on the waves. <laughs> Surfing those waves. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Jenny and I really get excited and get a thrill out of chatting about movies. And we wanted to hit the airways with it. So here we are. Um and we pick a theme every time, which we'll reveal after I ask Jenny. Jenny, what have you been watching lately? <laughs> you always hit me first. <laughs> it's just, I know it's coming, but I still, I'm like, oh no. Um, man, I really, I've almost exclusively been watching stuff for this theme lately, um, which has been great. I'm very excited, but I'm going to wait to talk about that. But I did watch last weekend, um, we I I posted about it on our Instagram at Dinsalites with Jenny and Amanda. <laughs> um, but there is this really cool um dub of the movie Akira, which you may be familiar with. It's an animated Japanese movie from the 80s. Um a, it's like a post-apocalyptic uh like street drama. <laughs> it rules. <laughs> um, but there uh, a bunch a of you know <laughs> uh, there's motorcycles and like body morphing it's really fun <laughs> um Classic street drama <laughs> all the stuff you, you you're looking for from a street drama um but the a bunch of uh indie cartoonists all did their own dub of it and it's really fun because like none of them are professional actors but they just have like they 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 just did it everything a little bit differently so it's all kind of like funny but the movie is still amazing so it's like just really fun to watch um and it was really cool because they screened it a couple like the uh, last weekend um to raise money for um sex workers in Rhode Island which is really cool and they raised like two thousand dollars amazing yeah so that is pretty much what I've been doing is watching movies for our theme and then watching weird dubs of Akira having a great time is the dub like I know you said it's sort of funny, but is it meant to be like a com- like a comedic no. rehashing or is it kind of stick to the original? It's st- like they read the lines exactly as they are. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, Akira has funny lines in it, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> and you don't always notice them. <laughs> but uh-huh. uh, it just is like, I don't know, just like all the people who worked on it all have like a, an incredible sense of comedic timing because nice. they're cartoonists. Yeah, so, like, yeah they, true. They <laughs> so there's they just a time. couple parts of it that really like, I mean, it's so charming and sweet because also they're all friends. And then it's just like, there's a couple line reads that really hit and make you laugh out loud. Um, but yeah, I would also just recommend the movie Akira if you haven't seen it. 
Jenny, it's so embarrassing. I have never seen Akira. That's okay. That's not it's embarrassing. So... It's exciting. Oh, it's like the time that I admitted that I'd never seen Purple Rain, which is not true anymore. I have now seen Purple Rain. I'm so glad. But it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's not embarrassing. It's just like a new, exciting thing that you have to look forward to. It rules. It's totally true. I love having movies to look forward to watching, of which I have just an endless list. Um, and actually what I've been watching lately, the thing that I, aside from things for our theme, is one of those movies I've had on my list forever that I finally checked off. Hit me. Um, I finally watched the 1995 movie To Die For with Nicole Kidman and Matt Dillon and a very young Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, it is so good. I'm so, oh, all right. It's a Gus Van Zant movie. And I actually oh. don't feel like one way or the other about Gus Van Zant. Like I know he has many fans. I, I feel like, critic, yeah, but, I feel ambivalent, but I love my own private Idaho. So yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's actually based on a true story about, um, well, it's okay. So it's based on a book. A, tr a true crime book that I'm sure as many are is like kind of has its own embellishments from the real story. Um, and that book is based off of this story about a local weather person who um, has a relationship with a 15 year old high school student and convinces the student to kill her husband. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman, like, I already love her, but if you didn't think that she was great at acting, this it, she's so good in this movie. She's so good. It's unreal. And, walk, like, seeing young, stringy, walking Phoenix with, like, a mullet and, like, oh, it's so, it's so good. Uh, sounds incredible. Um, yeah, it's really, I know I'm, I'm not being very articulate about how I love it. I kind of want to save some stuff for y'all listeners who haven't seen it as well. Uh, it is streaming for free right now. I believe it was on um, Hulu or the Roku channel. <laughs> um, yeah, so To Die For from 1995, truly amazing. And yeah, much like many movies based on something that's real life, it, it, takes, it takes it in its own, because it is loosely based, you know, so. It takes a lot from the real story, uh, which of course is very, very sad in, in real life, like uh, lots of victims in that yeah. story. But um, yeah, it takes takes its own twists and turns with that story. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. Matt Dillon's kind of hilarious as this like <laughs> Bobo husband, um, but like <laughs> just who just wants like a like a regular life. Like, oh. Would you like to have a couple kids running around the house? And she's like, "You wanted to babies marry a babysitter. You should have married Mary Poppins." And like, <laughs> she's super mean. It's so good. Wow. Um, yeah. So I watched To Die For, and finally, after wanting to see it for a long time, and had a wonderful time watching it. Man, that sounds great. I gotta watch it. Yeah, I love really good. a good '90s Nicole Kidman movie. Yeah, the the editing is really fun in it too. The music is fun. Like, there's a lot of um, surprise surprise metal in it. Um, oh, nice! And I guess in the real story, like her the actual woman who Nicole Kidman's character is based off of, did bond with her. Uh, I can't remember with her if it was with her husband or the teenager that she seduced. Um, <laughs> They bonded over heavy metal and that's kind of snuck in there. And it's really, the editing is really fun. Yeah. That's nice, dude. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of twisting and turning oh. and <laughs> thrills and chills. <laughs> thrills, chills, and things that are based on real life. <laughs> Could be. Could be. I don't know. I couldn't is say. <laughs> Our theme this week is political thrillers political thrillers no. my, <laughs> my note for this I, I just realized it has in giant letters at the top political conspiracy <laughs> <laughs> it's true I mean so 
Jenny and I realized, uh, much like last show's theme, which was um, gothic romance, political thrillers is kind of a really um, bottomless pit of a theme. There are so, so many. So at some point, we'll have to probably revisit this theme. Um, Because, yeah, there's a lot, and they're obviously they change as what's going on in the world politically changes. Yeah. You know, they're all of these stories are influenced by our actual history and and cultural goings ons. Um, But yeah, Jenny, what did you dig up for (laughs) political thrillers? So I realized I have not seen very many, especially like the classics. I think I, I it's something that I just have missed a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a good time kind of just like investigating some some hard classics that, you know, the people are like, this is what you got to see mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you're, mm-hmm. if you're interested in political thrillers. Um, but I also, I really liked that uh, I ended up watching four movies, which I don't have to talk about all of them, but um, oh. they really they're really different in terms of like scale like the first thing I watched um is this movie called Failsafe oh I've never heard of that it's from 1964 um Uh and it's directed by Sidney Lumet who did um like king of uh talky talky tense movies (laughs) um he did 12 angry men and dog day afternoon and network (laughs) movies about talking (laughs) talking that are but also scary (laughs) talking but i'm stressed uh but it's basically um it's about uh it's and a thing that's interesting is that it's not about a single person it's about the United States accidentally activating these fighter pilots to go drop nuclear weapons on Moscow. Oh, man. And they are trying to communicate with the fighter pilots to pull them back um, mm. because it's taking place during the Cold War. In the, and it came out in the 60s. So it's like, I can't even imagine how stressful that would have been to see. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But it's like uh, the entire movie, it's pretty short and it's in black and white. Um, and it's pretty much just... Uh, people in buildings calling each other trying to communicate and failing to communicate and trying to like stop this catastrophe from happening Uh um and it just keeps unfolding like further and further and like there's all these other unintended consequences that will happen if like they can't get through to these pilots oh man Um, and it was really like the beginning is pretty slow because it is just like everybody's like okay what do we do now (laughs) what is the next step in the (laughs) protocol um but the ending is like absolutely uh chilling (laughs) oh my gosh yeah I really recommend it um it's called failsafe failsafe it it is like it's definitely slow it's the first like half hour 45 minutes was like a real challenge for my um 2020 pandemic brain yeah (laughs) it's just like (laughs) oh man what are we gonna get going also like do you ever find yourself being like god there's so many people there's so many people in this movie and like why can't i get some animals or some fake animals (laughs) right Right. and it's like it's in black and white and like they're all dudes who are like you know 55 to 75 uh, who are white it's just like i don't i this is not i'm not forming connections but then eventually (laughs) (laughs) eventually like you know there are these like a handful of really tense scenes where it's just two people on the phone with each other Mm -hmm. um but because like the larger ramifications are so intense you're just like oh my god like what is gonna happen Um, is there a moment in it where like you see a bead of sweat run down someone's temple while they're on the phone yeah Yeah. there's tons (laughs) of sweat everybody's like damp and unhappy (laughs) um but yeah there's just like the basically the last like 10 minutes are just uh enthralling I really, I would really recommend it for that reason alone. Yeah, it um, sounds really fun. Yeah, but it was really interesting to start with that because it's so broad. Like, it's really just like, okay, earth. Like, yeah. mistakes are earth. <laughs> totally. I feel like actually within this, this subgenre that we're talking about, political thrillers, I feel like maybe even a, a sub-subgenre within that <laughs> is like launch code. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah, like, like bombs are coming somebody messed up somebody deployed something to where it's not supposed to be (laughs) something is wrong and if we don't stop it everything is over (laughs) and I bet if we did some digging we could come up with like a decent decently sized list of just 
um uh oh lunch, 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 lunch codes <laughs> lunch codes uh oh lunch codes uh oh lunch codes political thrillers oh that's a great we gotta do that one another time <laughs> I know write it down yeah. write, write it down, down. launch codes <laughs> yeah so that was fail safe um nice. and that was it was really interesting because uh, pretty much everything else I watched was much more micro of like a single person investigating a conspiracy um but it was really it was a great like broad if you're interested in like the concept of a political thriller fail safe you know what's kind of that's making me think of which is maybe um it feels less less political thriller and more adventure almost, but war games. Yeah, totally. You know? It made me think of war games also, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like that, but for kids, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A family friendly. <laughs> fail safe. <laughs> fail safe. Nice. Where can, uh, is fail safe streaming anywhere? Unfortunately. Oh, is it? I think I rented it. I was like, unfortunately, it's not. I believe I rented it from YouTube. Okay. Another like most of the movies I watched I had to rent. I think they were all like $2.99. Um, yeah. but it's also something that I feel it's a classic. So I think you'd probably be able to get it at the library. You should yeah. uh, check check canopy. It, it'll probably be there. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh wow. Um, so I want to hear what you watch. All right, should I give you give one me a taste? Of the things I watched? Yeah. All right. So I watched three movies. I wanted to get to more because I actually have a, a running list of of I or I kept adding to this list of, yeah. <laughs> of movies I wanted to see and actually did earnestly want to see um that were part of this theme but I only got to three um the two that I'll probably spend the most time talking about both have Laurence Olivier <gasps> yes know, you love just to see like it Rebecca <laughs> back um, so I let me see let me go chronologically <laughs> so the first one that I have already seen and love. I have I already loved this movie, but I hadn't seen it in forever, so I wanted to rewatch it as Marathon Man. Oh wow! From 1976, it's so good. Um, it's unlike some of the other ones I watched that were really fun, but a little more, um, a little more like kind of comic book like and like hammy. Um, yeah. In how in how over the top they were. <laughs> Marathon Man is is a really well-made movie. It's um the director is uh John Schles Schlesinger, <laughs> who's also the director for of Midnight Cowboy. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And it stars Dustin Hoffman and um Roy Scheider. Oh nice. Oh my god. I, always, I mix up Schneider and Schneider. <laughs> Schneider. <laughs> I know, I know. And and like I said, Lawrence Olivier and um Dustin Hoffman is a student at NYU, I believe, um, who is writing about um totalitarianism and dictatorships. He's like a poli sci major. Yeah. And it you get some hints that he his, his he has a brother that he's like oh my brother's like a rich businessman and it's just the two brothers and their father died when they were kids uh presumably he took his own life because he was kind of publicly shamed after um being investigated in the mccarthy era mm. um and so he he's he's very interested in that and like writing his thesis about that um and meets this mysterious beautiful lady they start a relationship and then meanwhile you're kind of seeing this other story happening simultaneously there what's really fun to watch about this movie is like it's they it really does a great job at weaving together all this information like uh, who doesn't love a movie that opens with someone visiting a safety deposit box <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know like what's in there what is in there man and like yeah so guy gets something out of a safety deposit box and then he uh has like clearly is really really racist he has a run-in with a jewish man this is all taking place in new york city and he says some really racist things oh. and then like gets in a car crash and like the key to the safety deposit box is lost anyways <laughs> Roy Scheider plays um, Dustin Hoffman's character, whose name is Babe. He plays Babe's brother, who uh, actually turns out he's a spy. 
And he's kind of like, he works for essentially this agency, this like middleman agency that doesn't have, like all spies, like doesn't really have a side. Like he doesn't like work for the US government. He kind of works in between all governments. He's an independent contractor. Um, Yeah, and Laurence Olivier plays a um, Nazi that escaped um, the Nuremberg trials and escaped after World War II who uh, is, has, has been hiding out in uh, South America and has come back to get something. Maybe what's in the safety deposit box. I don't oh know. My God. You're just going to have to watch. And um, Babe, being the brother of this spy, gets inadvertently mixed up in all this. And I mean, it's so fun. It's really, really well made. It's shot beautifully. Um, Something that I thought that I remembered about it, which wasn't as strong as it was in my memory, um, you know, when you you remember something about a movie and then you go back and watch it and it's not really there. Like, like a lot of spy stories, there there's a palpable sense of paranoia, right, about who to trust and who's who's really your friend and who's really working for whatever and uh, what information can you share. So that's like a fun thing about spy stories. And this, I had remembered having a lot more of that. Mm. Um, I remembered it being kind of a little more abstract and a lot of, um, so it's called Marathon Man because Babe Dustin Hoffman is a marathon runner and there's all these scenes of him running around the reservoir in Central Park. And I had remembered, I made up these scenes in my mind where like he's, he's paranoid about all the other runners like wondering who they are and there still is a lot of that but um and I still loved it on on my rewatch but I remembered it being a little more abstract uh yeah like are they aren't they feeling totally um but it's pretty like solid solidly like comes to a pretty um exhausting but like (laughs) but or like exhausting like you you feel so bad for this character exhausting but but hopeful ending you know it's not as lingering paranoia as I remembered but totally highly recommend sorry that was a lot highly (laughs) recommend marathon man (laughs) um I'm trying to remember where it uh is streaming and I'll tell you in a second it's HBO Max streaming or on Tubi Tubi. classic tubi's got the hits <laughs> he does have the hits exactly um yeah i think marathon man is a fantastic movie and it's a whole lot of fun uh there's some pretty some pretty gripping scenes and yes uh, yeah. lawrence yeah. Olivier is a nazi in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a lot a lot of threads in that one lots to keep track of you know uh, which thread you, which thread are you gonna pull it's what are you gonna true. reveal? What's what are gonna, you gonna happen reveal if you keep pulling that thread? Yeah, it's gonna <laughs> something something is going to unravel. We'll just have to see what exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, that's kind of what I like most about this genre. I think is um, the paranoia. Yeah, um, of the totally. Yeah, it's that is always that's a fun part of these kind of stories. Yeah, just like the stress, like you're out there and you're like, what? Who yeah. is everybody watching me? Are there cameras yeah. everywhere watching my every move? Totally. It's not dissimilar to like the thing kind of paranoia, you know, who do you trust? Like who, yeah. Who's, who's pulling the strings? Who's pulling the strings? What else you got, Jenny? Oh, well, (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Another classic that I watched Mm. that I had not seen, um, which is also chronological for me, maybe not for you, but, um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, we were talking to Tom before we started and he was like, do you watch some movies with Robert Redford? <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah, he's in like a hundred of them. Yeah. Um, I did watch one Robert Redford political thriller, uh, Three Days of the Condor. I've never seen it. It's great. Slaps. It's- <laughs> it, it does it totally slap? It totally slaps. Yeah. yeah Three Days of the Condor it. is really fun. Um, yeah. It's from 1975. Okay. Directed by Sidney Pollock. Um, it's about Robert Redford, who is a, he works for the CIA, but he's in like the books department. So it's him and like four other nerds and a little, um, <laughs> <laughs> and an undercover, like, I think, I think their building's called like the Literary Society or something. Uh-huh. Um, like a, a building, yeah, a building in New York um, where all of them, they all work for the CIA, but like they're under the guise of, you know, just a regular like academics. Um, 
and he goes to pick up lunch for everybody and they're all really charming and they're all friends <laughs> and when he gets back everybody's dead no! uh, and oh my god i already i'm already riveted <laughs> yeah totally it's really great um and it's like he comes back and he one of the most compelling things about it is that his character is like i am not a field agent i don't know what to do right now like i'm just scared yeah. um and so he has to kind of just like survive <laughs> like he has to like he calls his bosses at the ca which is it's also like a lot of these movies are kind of tricky because you're just like i don't like this i don't like the cia i don't trust the government anyway yeah. and then you're watching it and you're like i'm rooting for this guy but also he also doesn't trust the cia yeah it's confusing but yeah. um but he like calls his superiors and just like what is happening and they like try to get him to come in but then it's like they're just also trying to kill him so he ends up basically taking a hostage in faye dunaway who is incredibly beautiful uh. um and staying with her uh basically just like using her as like a shield um, mm. and trying to hide and stay alive until he can figure out what's happening and get away to safety. Um, but it's really compelling. It's totally like, I mean, it has some real seventies energy and like the, his relationship with Faye Dunaway is a, a little, <laughs> a little messy, but also worked for me. Yeah, I no, like, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know like, what this you isn't mean. It's good, perhaps but outdated, but. Outdated is a great <laughs> word to use. Um, but both of them are so beautiful and they also both have like incredible outfits and oh. it's just nice to see them together. <laughs> um, oh. But it's really, yeah, it's totally, it's really compelling to see him like kind of just like running around New York City trying to hide and stay safe while, um, you know, just all these shadowy figures are coming after him and he doesn't really know what's happening or why mm -hmm. uh and it's yeah mm -hmm. I totally it's another one of those like ah classic for a reason it's good movie. yeah <laughs> oh man and it sounds like it really has like imagine you're painting a political thriller and like your palette is like headlights in an alleyway and like screeching tire wheels yes. and like a trench coat <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> like, yeah f footsteps like echoing <laughs> totally looking through papers and then suddenly there's a bullet going through the papers exactly like, very, like what's exactly. happening yeah M uh, meeting near um like uh, public art or a fountain yes, or absolutely. a place with a lot of pillars that are casting shadows everybody has their <laughs> collars up high to exactly. hide their faces yeah that's exactly. fully fully the energy of three days of the condor I feel um, like another oh sorry go ahead oh no does it <laughs> I was just gonna say like I think another thing that actually despite being somebody who who I'm not really I don't I've never considered myself someone who's like particularly drawn to spy stories or like yeah. yeah like political movies in general but like I think that I I get really drawn into these stories too because you um they feel really importantly important in that they're about distrusting authority and yeah. like you're often rooting for a character who starts out being like an underling and like following orders and then like it's he the sinister nature of his orders or his superiors is revealed and like yeah. you know like you you get to like root for somebody who yeah you get to not trust your government <laughs> <It's> <laughs> pulling the threads they're questioning they're not just accepting and moving on they're like wait a second why is this happening yeah <laughs> what where's the corruption it's like in search of corruption and trying to figure it out and root it out yeah yeah and it's it kind of like I don't know it kind of nicely reveals that like public opinion is in general like these we don't trust we don't trust <laughs> we don't trust these people <laughs> um, um yeah. I did find and this I'm gonna transition this into my next movie because I think it Please. I found it really interesting um I'm excited I so something that I think is it's like funny to watch these movies that are especially like the 70s movies are very much like about like the cold war and like fear of communism and I mean mm -hmm. all, kind of all of them are up until that point and then um Another thing I watched was Blowout. Uh, have you oh. heard of Blowout? Is that about the Foley artist? Yes. Yeah. Oh my it's, God. <laughs> it's a Brian. I've De never pa seen it. Yeah, it's a Brian De Palma movie um, from 1981, and it's uh, it stars John Travolta, which ordinarily I'd try to 
leave John Travolta at the door, but <laughs> he, does, he does a great job. You know, <laughs> sometimes he just does. Sometimes he does. But uh, but basically, John Travolta plays a fully artist, or he's like um he's the sound guy for a film studio that makes mm-hmm. like you know like B movies, like horror, like bad horror movies, and like um porn basically. <laughs> but yeah. um, he goes out one night to get real sound footage. Uh, and he overhears and sees a car crash and he jumps into the water because a car crashes into the water where he's recording. He jumps in and, and sees that the driver of the car is dead, a man. And then he pulls out a woman who is in the car who's alive um, and takes her to the hospital. And then when he's in the hospital, everybody's like, don't tell anybody you saw this. And he's like, okay, but um, wh- why? Um, why? <laughs> um, because it turns out the guy who was driving the car, and you find this out very fast, mm-hmm. um, was, is, I think he's a senator and he's like poised to like maybe become the next president. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is convinced because he was recording the sound and then like goes back and listens to it later that he hears a gunshot. Um, and it's uh-huh. not like the car doesn't just crash on its own. Something else happened. It wasn't just the tire blowing out. Um, but so basically, I mean, this is not, this is like pretty clear in the movie. I also think that this is kind of like a spoiler show. <laughs> like, Yeah, by the way, if you're listening, you're listening to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. We talk about movies and we spoil them. And we spoil them. <laughs> it's hard not to. Thank you for being ones. here. Thank yeah, you for being here. Exactly. It's really great to have you. We're not but talking this... about new movies or from the 80s. new episodes of shows. <laughs> Um, but and it's also I do think this is one of those movies where it's really how like what happened like how you watch what happens not like the literal events of it yeah um but basically like the conspiracy that he that John Travolta is like pulling these threads trying to uncover is that um somebody hired this woman to like be in the car with the senator so that like somebody else would take pictures and see that he was like having an affair Uh with a woman and like Uh and the guy who was supposed to take the pictures shoots out the tire instead to cause a car crash uh, and kills him and it's like that's the conspiracy that they're trying to cover (laughs) up which is like so quaint (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were gonna say no like it's so and it is like the thing is is that it's it's a really effective movie because like you feel like John Travolta and the woman who he saved who is played by um Nancy Allen who does a great job um they both are like clearly in danger and you're like Mm -hmm. worried for them um and like the tension is really high and all of that is in spite of the fact that the conspiracy is like so small yeah (laughs) just like I love it so like I was like he didn't even shoot the guy he just shot the tire (laughs) (laughs) it's just a senator (laughs) (laughs) but just like it's so just compared because like we are watching these movies in an era of like absolutely buck wild politics. And oh my like God. I a know. true, a true horror show. It's just like, it's so interesting to see these movies where it's like, okay, like we're going to unravel this huge government conspiracy to take pictures of the guy with a woman who's maybe a sex worker. Like, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Um, but I even, know. even so it's a really great, movie I really liked it um it definitely has also like some Brian De Palma um sexism energy but yeah for um, sure but I love that guy I do too also the camera work is amazing in it it looks really cool it has some really great scenes man I haven't I've always wanted to see that movie and I haven't thought about it in a really long time yeah I really love it it has a lot of like montages of John Travolta like doing filmmaking to solve a mystery (laughs) I love it Uh, and it is so fun (laughs) Like he like um, uses a Bolex to um to make a like stop motion animation of like photos that somebody took of the crash. Whoa! <laughs> Rules. <laughs> Use the tools you got. Yeah. Um, is it streaming anywhere? It is not. Well, I, again, I had to rent it. I rented mm-hmm. it. I believe also for two ninety nine. I think it's okay. on YouTube and Amazon, and okay. probably anywhere else you can rent movies for money. Um, another one that I would I would search out um, at the library because it is a Criterion movie and I feel like sometimes they have those. It is. I didn't know that. It I did is. not know that. Sure is. <laughs> I did not know that. I think because so I I 
have only seen the movie cover on VHS mm-hmm. and like whatever print it was, it was like really cheesy. The yeah. cover was super, super cheesy. Did not look criterion. <laughs> no, totally. It is. I mean, honestly, like some of it is really cheesy. Like the, it has, the cover, I think is like John Travolta with like the, the it's like a target over his face. Cause it's like the blowout, yeah. but yeah. it's, it's about a tire. <laughs> Uh, oh wow I did not even that's I the blowout just, is the tire I just put that together <laughs> yeah um but it's wow. really I mean it's really great like the last like 20 minutes is, a, is all a chase scene and it's really exciting <laughs> like, oh my god what's gonna happen lord love a chase scene too yeah totally wow ah sounds amazing yeah I would recommend it I would recommend wow. blowout yeah there's so many I know um, my other movie that I'm gonna spend a little more time talking about yeah, is please. also really is also pretty cheesy. Yes. Um, <laughs> it also has Laurence Olivier in it. He's German again, but not a Nazi. <laughs> oh, in good. fact, in this movie, he's a Nazi hunter. Oh. I watched um, the Boys from Brazil from 1978. So I feel like the other two movies I watched started to lean inadvertently I did not mean to do this they started to lean a like like dip a toe into science fiction yeah which I feel like generally kind of can happen a lot because like that's when even you get into Manchurian candidate territory right like that is partly kind of science fiction definitely yeah um so the boys from Brazil also stars Gregory Peck as Dr. Joseph Mengele yeah, which is really hard. It's hard to see Atticus Finch as Josef Mengele, the famous Nazi doctor. Oh, yeah. Um, but so it's about um, and in in real life too, Josef Mengele escaped after World War II down down to Brazil. Um, and it's about uh how he has he basically calls together a meeting of these remaining faithful nazis to his like house in brazil and he's like listen you guys are all still really into this um i'm gonna give you (laughs) i'm gonna give you a list of these like 94 65 year old men you have to kill in the next two years and they're like random people they're like school teachers mail couriers and he won't tell these these assassins why they're doing this like um and so Lawrence Olivier meanwhile he's he is, starts to somebody calls in some tips about like somebody witnesses this meeting they're like all these like Nazis that famously escaped uh are meeting I see them they're all getting off planes here. So this person calls in these tips to Lawrence Olivier's character, who's a Nazi hunter, um, who slowly starts to put together that um, the reason this, this list of names exists because they are all the fathers of clones of Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Not how I thought that sentence would end. Yes, that's what Mengele has been doing down in Brazil. He made a bunch of clones of Hitler and gave them the babies like to adoptive families around the world. And in order to make a true clone, you not only have to like have the cloned DNA, but if you want to make the same person, you have to mimic the surroundings that the original grew up in. And Hitler's father was much older than his mother and also died when he was like 64 65 so like all of these babies were given to couples where like the father is like older than the mother and domineering and bad and they also are trying to kill all these fathers to like (laughs) yeah it's oh that's they're sent to kill the fathers to emulate kill the fathers to emulate hitler's childhood wow yeah (laughs) it is wild I know it's it um so this is this was not as much of like a like classic like solid gold drama movie that 
will forever be good like marathon man <laughs> i really loved it. it i don't think it was a bad movie at all it was a lot more like comic booky mm. and like um kind of over the top in a in a fun, <laughs> I, like it has like mengala and you know like yeah, it's, Hitler a pretty, clone. it's a pretty wild yeah, concept it's pretty wild um <laughs> it's directed by franklin j schaffner who did planet of the apes um mm. yeah the original um but yeah it's i recommend it was i had a lot of fun watching it the actor that plays the child hitler who <laughs> like when this is happening and i guess in hitler's life too he was like 13 or something when this happened um he it's it's like he does a really good job this kid it's kind of <laughs> freaky um <laughs> wow. but yeah I had a lot of fun with the boys from Brazil uh it's on, also streaming on Tubi um <clears throat> yeah I'm trying to think about what else I want to say without giving it giving too much away um yeah that's <laughs> such a what an exciting and weird right oh, oh my god yeah. so here's the other thing is like so Lawrence Olivier right he plays um an escaped Nazi in Marathon Man and his German accent was very convincing and in this movie something that made me feel like it was even more like punched up and comic book like is that his accent in this one is really over the top it's like his German accent really really got like like you're an American do it or you're not German right <laughs> you're not German yeah. but you're doing a German accent what, um, um which one came out first Marathon Man or Boys from oh, Brazil? Marathon Man. Gotcha. Marathon Man. <laughs> Marathon Man is um from 76 and Boys from Brazil is from 78. Oh nice. Um, but like fresh. You <laughs> like turned right over. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um yeah, it's it's it was really fun and wacky. The fight I would say the best is definitely the final scene. Um also the and I forget Lawrence Olivier's character's name but the Nazi hunter and like mm -hmm. Mengele it's like a real like we meet again <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a real, yeah there's a real we meet again final yeah. moment um and yeah like at some point like all the Nazis are kind of like oh Mengele you're crazy like we want to <laughs> give up on this like this is stupid like this guy's figuring us out like um like I'm to throw in you the know, towel. Like, nobody wants to do your thing anymore no one wants to do your project <laughs> we're all done I know oh my god and wow. so he like seeks out he he goes to like do it himself and like seeks out one of the kids who's in like like the Lancaster County Pennsylvania is one oh my of the god kids. and there's this fun final scene because it's like like his dad is like scary and domineering and like Mengele shows up to take care of business and like the family raises Dobermans and there's all these Dobermans barking. <laughs> there's so much going on with this movie. There's like... so much going on. I mean, I could totally spoil it. There's somewhat of a twist at the end. Not oh, yeah. Really, don't but... tell me. Don't tell okay. me. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm not there's just like a fun ending where you're like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I feel like ooh. I do feel like that it is like a hallmark of the political thrillers that they all have like a buck wild ending where they're like oh gotcha yeah <laughs> it's a really classic like final crescendo yeah uh sort of happy and you know like ah ha 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 and then uh -huh. there's like that like just before the credit scene where you're like no <laughs> <laughs> ah, they get no. you they get you oh my gosh wow. something I bad may happen in the future <laughs> I really want to watch that that sounds so fun yeah like, it's truly weird <laughs> it's super weird it's super weird I mean there's all these bonkers scenes of Mengele like in Mengele's swanky house in Brazil like he's got like all these animals and he's doing obviously experiments just, just an evil man <laughs> just yeah. just a comically evil man yeah at some point like it there's just elements of it that aren't very good like there at some point he like picks up this bracelet that has like animal claws on it and it's like for some reason significant because then there's like a lot of shots of that in the movie and you're like but but why why please reveal but why does me. he why does he love this bracelet <laughs> I need to know like it's, it's really you're showing me this bracelet a lot and he just picked it up off the 
ground and hey, maybe <laughs> maybe the bracelets what's in the safety deposit box in marathon man you never know i do know though you do know it's I've not seen that movie. definitely isn't yeah. that it has nothing to do with it <laughs> it has nothing to do with it but um i yeah oh my god the the nazi in marathon man is the nazi dentist which is also scary. Oh, yeah, yikes. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Doctors, dentists. <laughs> bad. All bad if they're Nazis. <laughs> all, all yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's wow. uh, that's pretty much oh it. Gosh. The other one I watched is Capricorn One, which Capricorn is- one. Um, I do want to hear about that. Will you tell me about it? Yeah, that's the one that I wasn't going to go deep into. Because, just like give me like a taste. Um, I just want a taste. It's also from 1978 and also silly. And the plot is three astronauts, handsome James Brolin, Sam Watterson, who's also cute, and um, OJ Simpson. Um, this one's a minefield. <laughs> I know. They are three astronauts and they are headed to Mars. They're, this is they're like everyone's coming to watch the launch of this rocket in Houston, Texas, or wherever they do it not in Florida, it's in Texas. <laughs> and right before they launch, this guy comes and he's like, you guys, you got to get out. There's, there's an emergency. Like you, we can't, you can't take off. They throw these astronauts on a little jet and they take them to a warehouse. And meanwhile, the rocket does go off with no astronauts in it. And they get taken to this warehouse where this guy, James Brolin's the main character. And this guy is doctor that's been working on the space program is like, listen, we got a lot riding on this politically. We need this Mars landing to go well. We're going to fake it. Check out this. And he shows them a whole set, like a, a movie set of a Mars landing. And he's like, by the way, all of your families are on a plane together. And there's a device on the plane. If you don't want to do this, I suggest you do though. Cause oh my God. Yeah. It's um, and so yeah, they make them. They make them fake this Mars landing, um, and then it's about uh, them. Like, basically, what happens in the aftermath? Like the everybody trying to make sure they keep this secret and like play this role, um, and then them trying to escape this compound uh, because at a certain point, the rocket on its reentry explodes, and so then they have to the like they're like oh, they're gonna no. kill us they're gonna kill us because we're supposed to be dead yeah oh yeah. my god and so they escape um and it's fun and then there's a character played by Elliot Gould who's who's a journalist um who's like slowly figuring this out because he had a friend who worked in the space program who like was on his little computer in the launch lab or whatever and was like, sir, something's wrong. It seems like the uh, TV, uh, you know, the recording is coming in before the actual event is happening. So he figures it out, disappears. Uh, classic. You know, they, they start, disappear him. Yeah, once so he starts Elliot, to pull those strings. Exactly. So Elliot Gould, his journalist friend, gets turned on. And he's like, something's not right. And then, you know, he starts to figure things out. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow. What a, yeah. That's also a great, a great movie concept. Yeah. Capricorn one, I think is, um, streaming on, I, I think I watched it on the Roku channel. I have a Roku <laughs> streaming device. Um, but yeah, it was fun, but definitely silly. And like, I know we were talking earlier about kind of living in a post X-Files world where yeah. I'm like, this is such a fun story concept. However, could have been an episode of a show instead yeah. of two hours <laughs> that is that was my main takeaway from watching political thrillers is that it was like all of these would be great x-files episodes <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean you know i and i guess one feeds into the other because the x-files yeah. is very much painting from that palette absolutely political yeah. thriller where they have the syndicate the shadowy oh. shadow government <laughs> yeah yeah dude um yeah. I only watched one other movie. You already know it. We've talked about it before. Mm -hmm. I had never seen The Manchurian Candidate. Uh, and I'm not talking about the original. I'm talking about the Denzel Washington. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, listeners, neither of us have seen the original. <laughs> Sorry, I'll probably watch it someday. I read a bunch of um, reviews that were very interesting, uh, which, okay, first, I'm just going to say, I really liked The Manchurian Candidate. 
so um, good 2004 is great uh but I, I read a lot of reviews that were really interesting because they were basically like the original is a lot about I mean it's it's from the 60s so it's really reacting against like um the the communist fear and like the red scare and mm-hmm. like the Hollywood blacklist like it's doing like a lot of that stuff um mm-hmm. and like McCarthyism which kind of works with the plot but the one from 2004 is working more with like Gulf War syndrome and like mm-hmm. um like corporate like uh corporate ownership of the government and like it fits yeah. a lot better into that because it's also like it's basically about Denzel Washington as a soldier who um like comes back from Kuwait and like 15 years later starts having these dreams that about things that didn't really happen to him as he remembers them mm-hmm. um and slowly starts to like pull at the seams of this conspiracy to basically put a guy in office by a, like a corporation like brainwashes a bunch of people in order to put a guy in office yeah um, it's like MK Ultra. Yeah, yeah totally um but it's like every like the soldiers are all kind of like experiencing ptsd and like go for syndrome and like that is how they are like making the brainwashing like hidden like it's kind of mm-hmm. it just like it they kind of go parallel to each other in a way that's really interesting mm-hmm. um and They're i really using liked their it. ptsd to cover it up yeah basically totally like, oh, you don't know what you remember right like, you're traumatized you know totally. how would you know how could you remember clearly yeah yeah it's so fun i mean that again is a really a timeless thing about political thrillers because there's always something to distrust about yeah totally and it is like it's um, very like war critical which mm-hmm. I've, i found refreshing um, as a jonathan demi movie which i really love jonathan demi he also directed mm-hmm. silence of the lambs and mm-hmm. philadelphia um yeah. i think he's great yeah it's a it's a really it's so fun meryl streep is in it and she's fantastic as usual yeah she's very great scary. Yeah, everybody everybody does a great uh does a great performance in it it has like a pretty like a lot of um the minor characters are also really famous now even though they probably weren't famous then yeah like um anthony mackie is in it for a second and jeffrey wright is in it also he's really great trying to think to the guy that plays the doctor you know the scary oh yeah oh my god he's somebody too he's very gaunt um yeah that is I know so I'm pretty sure another movie that I wanted to watch for this I think is also a remake um when I was much younger I saw a movie called The Interpreter which I think the I saw the remake which has Nicole Kidman I think I think it is a remake but it's um and all I can remember is um that it's a she's a a UN interpreter uh, mm. language interpreter and she overhears something she's not supposed to hear um and that's <laughs> all I remember but I'm I'm curious as well how how it's been updated so to fit its time like um yeah some I, sometimes yeah, that's, that's a, yeah sometimes like the current or like a different cultural context in a different moment like fits better with a story than other moments and I do find that really interesting like in the act of remaking a movie when like oh it's like actually now is the right time for this versus another time love that definitely definitely. (laughs) that's a thrilling part that's a thrilling part of political thrillers yeah totally (laughs) but it's also also had the same thought of like this conspiracy is like also I mean it is it's a serious conspiracy but like there's things about it that I'm just like this is so like and like not old-fashioned but like yeah, it just yeah. is it's really interesting to watch things that are like isn't this so dark and it's like it is really dark but also the reality we live in it's even darker it's really dark I know it feels <laughs> like I almost want to say distinctly American but I mm-hmm. don't think it's distinctly American to distrust your government but yeah <laughs> but it, feel, it feels very American sometimes <laughs> yeah like these these movies feel feel very <laughs> part of the fabric yeah (laughs) um yeah I had a great time watching them it was really fun it's not something that I watch very often so it was like exciting to kind of get in there and try them out exactly exactly (laughs) I'm 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 excited to take a deeper dive there's a lot that like I said that I had on my list that I didn't watch yeah um do you think that in the future they'll be making movies about QAnon definitely yeah definitely yeah like from probably a lot of bad ones 
above. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wait I'm waiting for a good QAnon documentary, but I think maybe it's too soon. I know. I'm wondering if like it'll go into some some fictionalized movies where yeah. it'll be on like oh the QAnoners were right or something. Oh, <laughs> Which yuck, would be yeah, terrible. no, totally. That I is know. like that's the scary thing is that like there is the you know, there's all these movies that are like, yeah, like watch out for corruption like distrust your government and it's like yes totally take that energy but also like don't spin it towards the like fringe like once you uh like uh, QAnon like just uh it gets so scary so fast where you're like so do distrust but also like please <laughs> please like read think critically use your brain I know it's a weird like ooh, yeah so close Oof, ouch, <laughs> very scary oh <Ooh. laughs> you're so close ooh. like there's real there's other there's you know do some investigation please yeah it's like right Um, there it's right there it's right there (laughs) you didn't have to make it like about pizza (laughs) gate yeah it's just like yeah because then you spin out so fast into like all the racist and like yeah yeah. conspiracies are like such a such a slippery slope of like they're fun and then they're so bad (laughs) and then they yeah they get exactly like really really extremely extremely bigoted and like leaning toward back toward nazism yeah this is just a good reminder to like check your sources on stuff and like think critically and (laughs) read read deeply and (laughs) exactly exactly be careful out there think about where you're placing your energy is it like you know yeah yeah (laughs) toward things that are actually helping people helping the people the working class of the world yeah yeah baby (laughs) yeah or is it like yeah exactly yeah well wild (laughs) Um, I know I'm trying to think of like a fun like political political thriller themed question I could ask you yeah um, I mean we're pretty much we're pretty much at the end of our run here we are yeah I know. but um this has we, been dim the lights with Jenny and Amanda it has we uh, are on oh sorry oh no please after you I was just gonna say we're on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month from seven to eight yeah you can also find us and the rest of the times on Instagram at Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda, all one word. Uh, and there you can also find our link tree to some places to, um, you know, check out some mutual aid in the area, mm-hmm. do some, you know, just check out some local stuff that's happening. Um, and now's a really good time to, um, if you've got the cash or the time, volunteer with like um, your mutual aid local or your local organizations are doing mutual aid or like your food pantries mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. that always makes me feel better about political conspiracies <laughs> exactly exactly Checking out what's going on at I the know. catskill community micro farm <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and that's yeah that's that's the really long and short of it right is like just just you know worry about taking care of people <laughs> take care of your buddies take care of everybody everybody um, is your buddy yeah, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions, you can also DM us on yeah. our Instagram. You want to tell us about a movie you really like or how we're really wrong about a movie? Also, welcome. Come yeah. on in. <laughs> Just dive right in, please. Our door, our door is always open. Uh, Jenny, do you think that they faked the moon landing? <laughs> <laughs> I won't uh, I won't stay here on the radio. My official thoughts on do you think that stanley kubrick shot the moon landing like they said no (laughs) i know me no i think we landed on the moon i do too yeah i'm really really scared of space but the moon is like the moon is cool it's like so close (laughs) the moon is so close it's just like down the street (laughs) oh oh this has been so great i do i love a gentle conspiracy I know. Gentle and not harmful. Keep yeah. it, keep it in the movies. Keep it in the movies, keep baby. It the movie. Keep it to the movies. <laughs> Dim the lights and you know, watch those films. Yep. Thank <laughs> you so much for listening tonight. We'll be back and uh with a new theme. Yeah. We gotta figure it out. We will. <laughs> it's been lovely to be here with you. Same here. I love you.